Live from the oh, Wally's man. Garage. It's Wednesday night. <laughs> I don't think that's good. Oh man, no. Put it on the do the uh, the two second the two second transition. No. Yes, um, it's like a love song. It's fantastic. Look at that. Oh, it's cute. Oh, that soft fade. All right. We, I, <laughs> Callum I dis- doesn't appreciate it. I disagree with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome to the Gathering 208 podcast. We are glad that you're here with us and hanging out. Uh, as always, if you want to be part of the conversation, feel free to, uh, to comment or post below, and we'll get to your questions and comments. And we're glad that you're here and hanging out with us because we've got Lonnie Nelson with us. So, yes. What's up, buddy? How's it going, man? Good. Good. Things are good. Nice. Lonnie is, uh, he is a shipping space supreme overlord. I am. Uh, for That's ocean. the technical title. It's That's a, the technical. It says it on my Supreme overlord yeah. uh, for uh, Ocean Network Express. Yep. Right. And uh, also, in my opinion, more importantly, uh, worship director for Gathering 208. Uh, so super pumped to have him on the couch with us. Uh, I do want it recorded uh, in perpetuity that Kellen didn't want to sit on the couch with us. So it's a lot of guys on one couch. <laughs> we got the long couch though, man. There's a lot of oh, man. A lot of man here. Like an eight foot couch. A lot of man. I was hoping for like a chair, like Conan O'Brien, and I'm Andy Richter, and <laughs> sit off to the side. I can sit off to the side. We were gonna do it, but just, it's not. I thought just this was like a night off awesome. for me. Just enjoy oh, gosh. it. Well, I, I haven't seen you guys forever. Come on. Yeah, we gotta yeah. hang out. Uh, I was going to, but it meant, it meant building like another eight feet of backdrop so that you don't. see see my nasty shelving and deep freeze in the background. All I hear is excuses. So. <laughs> and I didn't get it. I didn't get around to it. Uh, so, yeah, we are all we are all uh, scrunched together on the podcast couch. Breaking out social in the, distancing. Uh, <laughs> really badly. <laughs> we're in phase one. We're, we're, phase, right. we're in phase one. Um, well, I mean, we're technically in Boise City limits, so. You didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're four blocks that way in yeah, Garden we're, City. Yeah, we're Garden City. Um, no, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Uh, if you're with us, and we'll uh, we'll pin a comment um, below about. Uh, uh, feel free to comment or um, ask questions as we go along, and we'll get to them. I've uh, got the iPad here so that I can see them as we go. Would love to have you part of the conversation because we we are joined by Lonnie Nelson, who um, we asked him. Like four weeks ago. No, we're this is week seven. So I think like after week one, week one or two of doing the podcast, we we're like, hey man, do you ever want to like co-host? And I believe you said something along the lines of like, heck no. Yeah, I I honestly don't remember that conversation ever happening. No, you don't remember that. So I <laughs> either blocked it out or it didn't I, happen. Because I was like, hey, we, you should you should do this instead of me sometime. You're like, I won't be in front of the camera. I'd rather be behind the camera than I'm in front always, of the camera. If I'm, if I'm in front of the camera or people, there's always a guitar in front of me. And so I'm feeling very vulnerable right now. <laughs> <laughs> he was asking for the safety pillow earlier. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> Where's the safe? Need to need a little security pillow. Well, man. Oh, uh, hey, Lonnie. So for um, for everybody out there in uh, Facebook land, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about about who you are and, um, yeah, like who's Lonnie? What's his What's his life look like? What's his family? Well, I'm a Leo. Uh, I love. I'm not single. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Take it. Um, I'm married and have a two-year-old awesome little kid. Like, literally, he's like the coolest thing in, in the world. 
Um, I love walks on the beach, <laughs> um, romantic walks, mm. hand in hand. Um, I love fishing. I love music. Um, 29 years old, and yeah. How, so how pumped me. are you for Disney releasing Hamilton on Disney Plus? You know, I've only listened to the soundtrack um, about 83 times, so I'm not that big of a fan. But I, I'm pretty excited. I, I actually don't know the story. I just know some of the music. So and I'm not. Gonna, <laughs> I'm not, not going to pay like $200 for a ticket. You know. But. I'm not sure if not knowing the story says more about your inability to to extrapolate the lyrical themes from the music or your lack of knowledge on U.S. history? Um, it's a mix of both. <laughs> I didn't do too well in high school, so... Uh, anyway, so... But yeah. I passed. I got my diploma, so... <laughs> That's right, you passed. <laughs> Whatever. That's all that matters, man. I yeah, I don't need to know history. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Man, I sounded so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need That's to know okay. history. That's all right. We're just taking that soundbite and we're going to we'll, release it all. We'll, so we'll fix that in over post. And over again. It's all right. Uh, there is no post, but it's live. Yeah, oh, shoot. So <laughs> tell, tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, not just uh, not just the things that uh, uh, for those, <laughs> I don't know if we were, I am not the man. I just got dating jokes in my head. How did you get into ministry? Um, I knew I wanted to be in ministry actually at a very young age. My brother was a worship leader at a church when I was like six or seven. And so watching him on stage was really cool. And I was like, I want to do that. I want to be on stage and I want to, you know, help people worship and just kind of be in this environment. Um, so I did that. I actually never, I didn't start singing until I was in like the seventh grade. Like I wasn't like a singer in school. I mean, I was in high school and stuff, but I didn't really play instruments. I just always knew like, oh, I'm going to be a worship leader. And I didn't put any of the work into like learning instruments or singing. So in seventh grade in youth group, I, um, they're like, hey, you want to come sing with the lead the worship band? I know you like music. I was like, I don't know how to play. And so then I just started doing it one day. And then that from then on, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. And then I went to NNU. Shout out to NNU. Sorry, I still owe you like $80,000. Um, <laughs> but, but Maybe they'll see this and forgive it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. that shout out, man. It's yeah. worth 80 grand right yeah. there. Well, thank you for sponsoring this video, NNU. <laughs> um, and so, I, so I went into music ministry um, and I went five years at NNU and I still don't have my degree in music. There's one science class that I, am, that I failed and so I'm three credits away from... So when I get my degree, you get your money. Is it a lab science too, or is it like a... No, it's, it's uh, anatomy and physiology, oh. the actual class. I got the highest grade in the class in the lab, and then one of the lowest in the lecture. I which... took anatomy and physiology twice in, in college, because it is such a ridiculous class. Yeah, it's I mean, hard. it's tough. All you nurses out there... Because uh, I, I had to take the um, anatomy and physiology at a school that specialized in nursing, and that course kicked my butt. So I, I feel a little bit of your pain, um, at least on that level. But oh my goodness. Fun fact though, the last semester of my second year, I didn't pay for it. I just kind of went. Oh, you like, up. I just showed up, yeah, because I was living on campus, I was working on campus, and then all my music teachers were like, if you just want to come to classes, 
you can just go. And then we didn't tell any of the leaders or whatever. And I went and traveled with all the music groups and yeah, you know, I was just kind of a ghost that that went. So take that and then you I thought we were trying to get him to sponsor the video. Oh yeah, sorry. Um, you didn't hear any of that. Let's be honest. The, the administration from NNU is not watching right now. Yeah, they're, no, they're not. They can care less. Uh, anyways, ministry. So you you don't have your uh, your music degree necessarily. No, but that didn't stop you from from doing ministry. From no, yeah, from I, yeah. When I was in college, I um, started working at a church and and got uh, my local and districts district minister's license. Um, and was a music intern. Um, and I've been a worship leader um, slash worship pastor at a few different churches. Um, and yeah, that's that's what I love. It's what I'm, I'm inspired to do. Um, that's what I'm called to do. And I know it. And I just, it looks different in every church I'm involved with. So mm-hmm. like, it's never really looked how it looks at this church. Like this is a whole new animal, like this <laughs> church here. But, but, but that's, that's what's exciting. That's a good it. thing. <laughs> no, that is, that's, like, that's a great thing. Like church is an animal. This is like, horrible. You know, cause like churches are always like really set in their way. And it's like, you're going to come and you're going to be, you're going to do this. Mm. And this is how the congregation likes it. And this is how we're, we're used to it with, gathering to await it's like hey let's actually come together and figure out how to um how to like execute this in the most efficient manner to create this atmosphere of worship that we want mm. to to create and that's 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 really fun to me and that's that's one of the things that, that i'm really excited to do um with you guys is just to kind of build literally from the ground up I hit the mic. Oh, he's just smacking things. Don't mind me. Sorry. Smacking equipment. <laughs> Erica was laughing. I thought, yeah, Erica's laughing. I thought Erica was, I was laughing like, at me because I hit the mic. I was being sincere. Why is she laughing at me? <laughs> no, Kellen, <laughs> Kellen doesn't mic drop. He just backhands. I just backhand. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, tell us about a little bit. Of, um, when you talk about creating this atmosphere of worship, uh, like what's what's some of the things you think about with that? What's important to you? What is that? And I know that we're we're almost talking about the 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 intangible, but also the philosophy and theology of of worship and church, yeah. and um, there's a lot wrapped into that. Yeah, and what I mean, growing up, I always thought, okay, worship meant music, and just you know, kind of trying to get out of that mindset of like, worship isn't. I mean, I had a roommate in college who hated worship music, like, but he's like a great Christian but he hated worship music and he hated the fact that I always played worship music. Um, so he experienced God in like listening to like the Philharmonic or like going to the mountains and doing all this stuff. And that was how he worshiped. And mm-hmm. I could not wrap my head around that for the longest time. Um, so getting out of that of like worship isn't, I, I don't know when the church started making that, that connection where worship meant music. Mm. Um, but, but there's two, there, I think it says somewhere in Matthew, there's two parts of worship, um, the internal and the external. Externally, you go and you worship at church and you raise your hand or you sing or you dance or you play music or whatever. That's how you externally um, experience worship. But that means absolutely nothing if, um, 
if your heart's not right. If you're not experiencing that on a deeper level with Christ, then then you could go to all these worship services, and if it's not rooted in the love of Christ and your connection with Him, you could go to church for 20 years and never actually literally worship and never be in that. So as a church's job is to really just provide that place where it is, it is easiest for the congregation or for the person to slip into that deeper um, connection with Christ, where they're actually feeling they're in the presence of Christ and they're not just here to sing or to sound good to their crush or mm. to impress other people, but it's really rooted. And that's that's kind of why like I'll do worship services or like play worship songs at my house and I'll just play like three or four songs, but I'm in tears at the end of it. And I'm not even able to sing because it's just, it's all about being in the room with God mm. and just and really experiencing it with him and what is he trying to teach you in it. So you could, you could worship with no music. I mean, that's, that's what worship is. It's just mm -hmm. th that connection. And so how do we provide that atmosphere? How do we, what elements do we use externally to, to build the foundation for the internal connection? Mm. And that's kind of how I think of, of my job and my, um, duties as a worship leader or worship director or I, pastor. I love that because it, it doesn't limit the scope of what it is to be a worship director or a worship pastor or a creative arts guy or any of that to, to just the realm of music yeah. or even the realm of necessarily just creation. Like I, I think that when, you know, when we create something, I mean, cause God is, God is ultimate creator. And, and so that's almost us reflecting back um, part of his nature that he's instilled in us, right? Exactly. His ability to create yeah. music and to create art and, and to create um, even environments. Um, yeah, we're outwardly expressing the inward connection that we feel. Mm -hmm. and, and I think there's something powerful the way I, I'll, I, I like to, uh, I, think I, I think we've talked about it, um, but worship and um, and like a Sunday service or, or that gathering of people um, should be the, the, the imminence and the transcendence of God, right? The, the idea that, that God is, is here and he's close mm -hmm. and that we are connecting with him, but the, also the idea that he is holy and he is mighty and he is the, the creator and, and the sustainer of all things, right? So there's this, this imminence and transcendence and sitting and revelry of that. And you talk about like just being, being brought to tears when you're you're really in that um, environment. I love that. I love that idea of um, worship has to move. The idea of worship and the, the life of worship has to move beyond just a, a life of, you know, top ten Christian radio or yeah. what's the what's the new worship album. And I don't. I mean, I love new worship music, um, but oh, yeah. there's definitely you can definitely get locked into. Um, an idea of what that has to be. Well, my biggest fear is like what you spend, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 on a sound system and lights and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And you have the biggest rock and roll worship show every Sunday morning, but nobody is connecting with Christ and nobody is multiplying and there's no discipleship. There's no mm -hmm. growth. There's no, that's my biggest fear is because I don't want to get too wrapped up in like, like sometimes I'd rather just listen to, someone who is authentically playing an acoustic guitar and worshiping over like an empty 
show, you know? Mm. It, it's almost like, you know, when you're just doing a show, you've moved from being a worship band to being a Christian artist cover band. Right. And I've heard that as, as a critique of, of modern worship. You there's know, nothing wrong with those. Nothing yeah. wrong with those. But no, and, and there's nothing wrong for, for aiming with excellence either. Yeah. But the heart has to be right. Is yeah. what I'm hearing. It right has now. to be. Yeah, it has to be a mixture of, of all of it. Because if one piece is missing, it flops. Mm. And if it's if it's not all working together cohesively, it's 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 ineffective. Not saying that like, if it's not perfect, it's not effective. Because I'd rather listen to an imperfect, authentic person than an auto-tuned show. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm repeating myself, but. But that's, that's just my biggest fear of, of how do we be authentic in this and build growth and still also be as professional as we can. Mm. So it's tough because you're never going to please every, any, everyone. That's mm-hmm. the hardest thing with, with, you know, you guys know that being in, being pastors and stuff. There's no matter what you do, there's always going to be someone upset. So you kind of have to find that balance of... And then also just the, the trust between you as a leader and your congregation, mm-hmm. because if, if they're, someone's upset that you do something or you sing something or you p- preach a certain way, if they have, if they have that mutual respect, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt and they're going to be like, okay, well, let me try and think of it from his perspective. What is he trying to say? Where does this come from? Rather than, oh, he said, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's kind of, it's kind of a whole part. It's not just we're the leaders, you're the congregation. We're gonna do this, and we're gonna do what we want. It's 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 a team effort, and the congregation is part of that team. Is the biggest part of that team, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, I, th- I think that's incredibly important. Um, you know, I think about I think about even just some of my my own experiences with with talking with with people and. Um, and worship, you know, I, I, some of those powerful moments of worship have just been, um, you know, a group of, a group of pastors or a group of church leaders sitting in a basement, you know, with someone's got a guitar and and that's it. And everyone's just singing and, you know, the person to the left and right of you are a half step off in either direction. Right. And, (laughs) and, um, or either that, or I'm a half step off and have no idea what's going on, which is usually the case. Uh, but it's still powerful. I love that. I love hearing someone (laughs) sing off key. Which is why you, why you wouldn't hear me sing. No, I just like, no, no, just because like, because you know that that person knows that they can't sing and they don't care. Hmm. And I think, I think that's such a powerful stance of like, it's easy for people who can sing to sing out loud or to sing louder, but when you hear someone who knows they can't sing and they're just belting a worship song, you know that it's authentic mm. because it's affecting everyone around them, but it's not affecting them. So not saying if you can't sing, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your, um, your journey and your call a little bit. Um, because you you felt called into ministry and, and into, uh, specifically worship, um, and, and went to school for that. And then you were at a church where, um, where you were a, a local pastor on staff. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, but you're not at that church anymore. Right? No, and that was years ago. That was years ago. Yeah. And you've been working uh, full time for ocean network. Yeah. For about 
five and a half, four to somewhere around there, five, five and a half years. So let's talk a little bit about, about that journey. What does that, what does that look like? What kind of took you through that or where you've been? And so it's an interesting journey. Um, cause like I said, I've always known that I wanted to be in ministry. I always known that I was, that I was called to do worship. Um, what that looks like has changed over the years. Originally, you know, going in college, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a pastor at this church. I'm going to do all these things. I'm going to be on staff. I'm going to get connected. I'm going to develop these things maybe, you know, and, and then when I, you know, when I was at that church and, and I was, a, you know, I had my license, I was a dumb, you know, a dumb kid. I'm still trying to figure stuff out. Um, I ended up surrendering my license and knowing I'm still called, I was still called at the time to worship ministry. I didn't know if it was full-time ministry or if it was just on the side or lay ministry or just being a part of a church because you don't have to be a pastor or on staff to to be to do ministry Mm -hmm. um and so i kind of walked away um not walked away i um the 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 vision of that kind of changed for a little bit um and then i started working at ocean network express and i mean i i honestly love it there i don't know if you like it or not but i like it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i i actually like it there a lot and um I was like, okay, cool. So I can be a part of a church and work full time here, um, and whatever. It's it's great. It's a perfect balance of things. And then over the last like maybe two and a half years, I there's all there's been this little nagging of like, there's there's a little there's something more that you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to just be in this office building for the rest of your life. You're supposed to be building stuff. And and I actually noticed that the first time I felt that was when I was at a Crusader choir and orchestra concert at NNU and the conductor is someone who I, who I admire a lot and just watching him conduct this orchestra, like, you know, 150 people on stage really reminded me of like, what am I doing with my life? Like I am not, cause when, cause when it, it is easy when you're working in the secular world to not really have the reminders to, you know, be in the word or pray or things like that. It's easy to kind of slip in and out of those, those disciplines. And so that kind of punched me in the face. I was like, this is what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to direct a choir or create music and bring musicians together. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. So since then it has kind of evolved. And then I think even when I met you or I I was telling you um, a while back, like that was like June of last year, something Something like that that when we met. And um, I told you like, Hey man, I've been feeling this call to ministry and I think I was like don't tell anybody because I'm going to keep ignoring it as much as I can Yeah. because I don't I'm scared and I don't want to talk about that and then I think you're like hey I just told Josh that I was like oh okay well I guess we're going down this road but then <laughs> but then, it, but then it was cool because it was like okay because ever, ever since I first I told you guys this ever since we first came here to the first team leading we were ever part of we left and both of us as you separate, and yeah, me, yeah. yeah, me and Jordan, um, we left and we, at separate times, both had the aha moment of, this is where we're supposed to be. I don't know what that looks like. We just met in this dude's backyard. <laughs> like, I <don't, laughs> like I don't, I don't know what we're getting ourselves into, but this is where we need to be. Um, 
And so that was really cool. And then so kind of evolving into like, okay, I'm accepting again that this, that, that God is needing me to do a little bit more and be, be actually a worship leader or director or something that, that has taken most of my focus. Cause that's honestly what I believe. Um, I'm here to do. Mm. Well, I think what's interesting too, and to answer your question, I actually do really like working at <laughs> Network. Uh, it's a it's a fun job. If any of our supervisors are watching, we I don't imagine we love it there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, but no, it, it's a, it's a good job. It's good. It's a good company, and you know, I've actually like. And yeah, I'll admit, like when when I first got out of here, I was hope I was super hopeful that. I would just be in full-time ministry right from the get-go, right? Which is like, uh, Josh was asking me the other day, he's like, uh, you know, is there, is there anything that, um, uh, hasn't gone the way you expected or something like that? I can't remember how he worded the (laughs) question. Unmet expectations. Unmet expectations. Thank you. And, uh, but you know, there was some, you know, I was naive a bit, you know, and hopeful that, uh, I'd have a full-time job, right. You know, with the church plant right away. But, um, other than that, there's not really unmet expectations, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's what's been really good about, uh, or, or, or been a lot of fun at ocean network is some of the questions that have come up, some of the conversations that have come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I think people realize like, wait a minute, you, you were working at a full-time job at a church with an income, but you moved out here just to work at ocean network. Like you, I had no no experience in the logistics industry, you know, uh, but it's opened up some conversations that, um, I think if, as people have gotten to know me, they have felt comfortable having certain conversations. Yeah. Right? I, feel, I feel like you've um, kind of become the pastor of our office. You know, <laughs> like, uh, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> that, that might be pushing it, but, uh, <laughs> but no, it's been, it's been really good. I mean, we, we've, we've, I think we've both had conversations with different people, uh, uh, you know, about their faith journey, the good, the bad, and the ugly, unfortunately. Um, And uh, I I, I think, you know, in in the role that you're in at Ocean Network, you've been there, you know, five, six years or so, give or take. Um, You know, people know who you are. They know you're a good dude and uh, you're somebody that, is easy to talk to. So yeah, I mean, it, it's something where it's becoming more common. Josh and I have talked about this It's becoming more common now, uh, in our culture for pastors to be, they don't call it bivocational anymore. Josh, what's the term? Oh, they don't co-vocational co-vocational co-vocational. Ooh, interesting. This is weird. It's but, kind of a choice as opposed to a, a necessity. I yeah. think is some of the okay. thinking. So, you know, it, it, it has its, you know, it has its benefits being where you're at, but yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, Josh and I have talked about. You can kind of see, you know, doors opening and, um, maybe God is calling you to that, you know, full-time ministry again, sometime in the future, who knows, you know, obviously mm-hmm. not right now, but you know, yeah, that, that, that was, <laughs> that, that was something that I always noticed of like people who I didn't really know at work, um, would stop me and be like, Hey, you know, I've been, this has been occurring a couple times and I, I'm an atheist, but I, I feel like, I feel like it could be God talking to me. Like, what do you think? How do you, how do you interpret this? And I'm like, well, you know what, do you ever pray? And they're like, no, I've never prayed. I don't know how to pray. It's weird. It's awkward. And so we got to talk, talk through that with this person mm-hmm. who I don't really know in a place that is 
not really a place where you talk about prayer and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so it's, it's been those little, little times of just being able to be that, um, that person for someone. Cause I've never been like a Bible thumper or anything like that, but even just people knowing that you have a faith and a background, you know, in ministry, they come out of the woodwork sometimes. And, and that's great. And that's, that's always been a reminder to me like, okay, what are you saying to me? I, I know you're kind of hinting at something more. So it's just, I'm stubborn. So it took me a while to finally accept it. Why don't you guys tell me a little bit about, um, let's talk just about that, that idea of being co-vocational ministry, you know, where, um, you're working on being a pastor, um, and, and also, you know, in this full-time job and, and a, a very, I mean, Boise is a very, um, I guess secular place, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a, a lot of places in the U S where you go and it's like, everyone's part of a church or, you know, that's just what their family does. Like there's no cultural expectation to be part of a church in Boise. Well, where we come from, you and I mm-hmm. in South Dakota, there's churches on every corner. Yeah. Right. And one of our first observations when we came out here last April, um, we we're like, we'd be driving. We're like, have you seen a church? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, the, there can, there's one, I think in, is it Meridian or it's Eagle where I think it was converted into like a restaurant. It was a church that was converted yeah. into a restaurant. Huh. Um, I can't think of what it's called right now off the top of my head, but it's right on Eagle Road. <clears throat> but, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely different out here the further west you go from the Midwest, right? Mm-hmm. The further west you go, it definitely gets more more secular. It's, yeah, yeah, and with that, because you said um, no cultural expectations, mm-hmm. I think also here what's really cool is that, I mean, you people can be whoever they want to be. Like, like in high school— like it wasn't like oh here's the, the this type of people and here's like the Christians it was like everyone was hanging out together and everyone just kind of like because it's that kind of culture here where everyone's whatever they want to be and everyone kind of just loves everyone you know for the most part mm. um, and I think that's kind of how I because I've I've always been able to just pretty much talk to anybody about anything no matter what they what um group they fit into and I always thought that that was like oh that's just me but you're right that is a lot with the culture here of your neighbors are totally different than you yet you still get along and Mm. it's I I think that's really cool what what is that what has that been like though for um, like faith conversations you know and when people find out that that you know you're a pastor and you lead ministry and um, what is that due to the interactions where maybe people aren't as comfortable with the idea of Christianity, um, even just as an idea or as a faith, let alone a, a way of doing life. I, th- I think, I think there's a little bit of overlap there. Um, cause like what Kellen and I were saying, even just the knowledge of, of your background, I, th- I think honestly it's, it kind of lowers the wall a little bit because being that people know that you're a <laughs> It's kind of like, you know how vegans always tell you that they're vegan. <laughs> it's like it's like if, if CrossFitters if I, always tell you they do CrossFit. Yes, yep. if I if I met a vegan or a CrossFitter, and they never told me that they were a vegan or a CrossFitter, and I was and I found out through 
you know, word of mouth that that person is really into CrossFit and mm -hmm. I was interested because I know that they're not going to try and pressure me or like be, look at me, I'm a vegan or I'm a, I would have that like openness to be like, Hey, can you tell me about this? Like I'm seeking knowledge that you have that you've never forced on me before. Mm. So it's, I, th I think that that connection is, is a little bit easier here. We had a comment from Dan, Dan Rexwinkle, that my wife is a vegan CrossFitter. Oh, see, yeah. <laughs> actually, when you started talking about, I started thinking about my friends and Rexwinkles. I'm so glad you just told us. Because, <laughs> well, my wife and I used to do Cross, we did CrossFit for like a year and we miss it. Um, but uh, we, I'm I clearly not a vegan. vegan or a CrossFitter. So. <laughs> I, I mean, I can actually vouch for the Rexwinkles, though. They never like threw it in your face. You know what I mean? Mm, they were never yeah. that type. So they were actually the opposite of what See? you're saying, where you just didn't know until you're like, hey, want a burger? And they're like, oh, well, we actually don't eat meat. And you're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, oh, didn't shoot. know that. Well, that's in, that's such a balance there because, you know, being being really pushy can be off, can be off putting. Like like people don't want don't want anything to. Uh, uh, Dan has told us that his wife is laughing, so we're <laughs> good. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, you don't want to be you don't want to be really really pushy. Uh, but at the same time, I think back to that video. I think it was from from Pendulette, right? Who's a yeah. who's a a, a, a vocal um, atheist, talking about how you know he's got a lot of issues with religion and a lot of issues with Christianity. Um, but one of the things he said is is something he can appreciate is if you're a Christian and you truly think that Jesus Christ is the only way to find wholeness and and he talks a lot about about hell and eternal life and that and and if you truly believe that there's only one way to salvation then you better tell me about it right like that an expectation it, basically if you don't you're the biggest jerk in the world yeah yeah, exactly. yeah. And, and there's <laughs> such a balance there between being someone who being being completely heartbroken for people that we we work with and we do life with and and wanting to share the 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 gospel message with them and yet coming on so strong that no one can stand to be around us. Yeah. Yeah. It's like having the COVID-19 cure and not telling anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone would hate you right now. They're like, <laughs> what? The economy tanked and we've all been locked down and I've had to live for eight weeks with my kids. Uh, to be clear, I don't have the cure. <laughs> and Lonnie didn't I tell barely, us the cure. I barely got through high school, so... <laughs> You have science credits outstanding. Yeah, see, so there's no so. way. There's no way I would have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but it, it, tr it truly is the the gift that that makes total sense. I've never really thought about that when your when your heart truly breaks for your, for other people and you have exactly what they need. Why, like you, you better be telling them. Mm. But that's that's a really interesting view from an atheist. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a great video. We'll have to pull it up and, and watch it later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, we, we run into that all the time with, with interactions, right. Is, um, we want that wholeness and that, that salvation and that transformation in people's lives. And yet if we like run up and are in their face about it and, and even with, even with, uh, with goodness and, and urgency and, and uh, the best of intentions, it can still put us into this category of, you're kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm not sure I even want to have a conversation with you. 
Um, and yet we're called to, to have those conversations with people. Yeah. So how do you break that wall and build that communication and that trust before? Mm. So there's, it's not, it's not like a script or a process, but it's more like, I care about you enough to, to build this relationship with you so that I can share this with you, share this gift with you. Because, you know, in high school, I had this guy got on the lunchroom table and started screaming at everyone, you're sinners, you're going to hell and all this stuff. And it was interesting because half the people were like, oh, that is so cool. And then the other half was like, why are you doing this? Like you, you crazy Christian, get off the table. And, <laughs> and I was, I, I was, I was kind of in both, both of those categories. I was like, you know what? That's really cool. That he's oh, professing man. his faith and he's, you know, sharing this. Um, I just, the, the, the way he went about it was wrong mm-hmm. because doing that immediately breaks those, the, those burns, those bridges that you could potentially have with, mm-hmm. with the people that you're trying to, to share this with. And so it's, um, it's a, it's not a script, but it is a process of, you know, and really what it, all it is, is just loving on people, mm-hmm. loving on people, caring about people and not just doing it because even if, even if you don't get to have that conversation with someone about like, you know, Christ and salvation, mm-hmm. they're going to see Jesus through you. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to know, like I, I heard this pastor say, um, when I interact with my wife or I interact with other people, I want them to know that I have recently spent some time with Jesus by the way that I'm treating them. Mm. And that, you know, that's prayer in the car or, you know, read your devotions and things like that. Like I want people to, to know like there's something different about them and they must have recently spent time with Jesus. And that kind of has sat with me. It reminds me of that idea of when, when Moses came down from the mountain, right? And, and, yeah. and people couldn't even look at his face, right? Yeah. Because it was, so, it was so bright with the presence and the power of God because he had just literally been in, in the physical presence of God. Yeah. Uh, not just a spiritual presence, but a physical presence. And, and people came back and they couldn't even look at him. And I, I feel I've known people in my life where um, you meet them and you just feel the closeness of their relationship with God. Yeah. Um, I think that's powerful. That's a powerful idea that 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 should be our, our desire is not just that we're close with God, but people feel that when we're around them. Yeah. Man. Uh, Dan had asked, how do you handle it when there's pushback? Um, when those kinds of conversations with people um, push back about hearing Jesus, he he says we think he, we answered his question. But uh, anything else yeah, with that idea of pushback, though? You know, you kind of know when people are ready um, and that they're they're eager to hear what you have to say. Um, you can kind of just tell by their actions. But mm-hmm. th- there is pushback. I mean, especially with like family, you know, like. You know, um, I mean, I've had I've had a lot of great conversations with people who don't really in my family who go who don't normally go to church, but they're believers. Um, and it's just like when those conversations or the opportunity arises, um, I think being aware, aware of it and then kind of also always kind of being prepared um, as to how how if this conversation ever happens, how am I prepared? How, how is this going to look? Um, how do I want to come off? Um, because if someone's like, Hey, tell me about Jesus. And you've never thought about this. You're going to, you're not going to know what to say, mm. but when there is pushback, it all just falls back on, 
I'm going to love on you no matter what. You know, you're not ready to hear, have a conversation. That's fine. I'm still going to do what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I still love you, you know. Well, and I think it's key, too, that, <clears throat> excuse me, like, even if, even if they, um, whether it's a flat-out rejection of what you're saying or, you know, they don't necessarily, you know, accept Christ in the moment that you're having a conversation, um, I think it's key to still continue, like you were just saying, uh, to continue to love them regardless, you know, of whatever their beliefs are. Um because for all you know, you know, five years down the road, 10 years down the road, you know, they'll have another conversation with somebody, you right. know, maybe something will happen in their life or, you know, whatever it might be. And the last thing you want is to be that person who 10 years down the road, they'll be like, when they're somebody's like, how can, you know, how come, uh, how come you're not a Christian? Well, I knew this guy Lonnie back in the day. Yeah. You know, that's the last, you know, that's the last thing you want to be is that person, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's I think it's just continuing to love them. If I when I've received pushback, Dan, uh, I just continue to try to love them just how I did before the conversation. Right. Uh, try to treat them the same as I as I had before as I am after that conversation. Because yeah, you just never know, you know. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I had there's an old when I was a pastor, um, we me and this other pastor would go every Thursday. We'd go to like nursing homes and things like that. We we would. They called it calling, like they're going to go calling. I don't know why they call it that, but we'd go to like nursing homes. We'd go to elderly people in the in the church um, who can't make it to services, and we'd just like pray with them and stuff. And it was a great time. We led a lot of people to you know to Christ and to renew their their relationship with Christ as well. But one thing that's really funny, um, and a way that you will most likely never get uh, any pushback. Is he called a wake up evangelism? So I don't know if you've ever woken up an old person, <laughs> but when you wake up an old person, they're kind of not fully awake and they will listen to everything you say. And so if you ever really just need to get something across to someone, oh, just wake them up and then just start praying with them. That's, that's the best, that's the best advice I have for you. That is... I, I, I have never a, heard I, this. I have so many thoughts and yet no words. Yeah. <laughs> like Wake up is... evangelism. Copyrighted. <laughs> wow. Oh, that is. Man. It's kind of like, like whenever somebody's awesome. on a phone. When someone's on a phone and you hand them something, they will always grab what you're handing them no matter what it is. Yeah. And they don't know why. I, I'm really bad about that. Like yeah. you can hand me things and take things away when I'm talking and I, I don't notice. It's really... It's a game my wife plays. So she see how many things <laughs> she can switch out of my hands. Like all of a sudden I'll go from holding like my phone and my keys yes. to like holding her purse and a coffee mug. And I will have what, where did these things come from? That is great. <laughs> I, I need to try. I've never done it. Uh, we had a suggestion from Dan. He says, uh, you know, get them to go on a Costas trip. They can yeah, build stuff and God will creep all up in them without even, without them even noticing. Uh, this is a weird yeah. question, but have you guys ever, I mean, from a male's point of view, have you guys ever just like really wanted to like dig a hole? Yes. Or, like build something? <laughs> yes. Like that? It's not just dudes. Erica, oh, dude, my, my I, wife is offended. She's like, it's not just dudes. Well, girl, we, we like I mean, it too. Yeah. Like, um, so 
That's definitely a bonding agent. Hey, you want to build something? Like I make some holes. I went out at eleven thirty, like three nights ago, and trimmed our hedges in the backyard with a big pair of loppers. See, just because That's, I needed to. I love to. it. Um, <laughs> when's the last time you climbed a tree? Uh, it's been a while since I've climbed a tree, and that has less to do with my desire and more <laughs> to do with my waistline. Uh, I can't remember the last time I climbed a tree, but I, I need. I need to get on it. So anyway, Casa's trip is going to be December 27th. Shameless plug! <laughs> December 27th. December 27th to January 1st. Where? Guatemala. Guatemala. San Ramundo. Hey, they had one more bag of Guatemalan coffee at Caffeina. I bought one of them. I almost bought the second one for you. And I should have, because now I feel like a jerk. Yeah, that's... Yeah, now you tell me about now it, I tell you about, like, But there's one more bag there. At least there was this afternoon. <laughs> but seriously, if you're interested in going to Guatemala to build a house for a family, we're going... We've got, I think we're at like six or seven people now. And if you've, if you've so. never been on a, any sort of trip like that, it on it will change your life. I, I can guarantee it. So yeah. if you've never done it or if you have done it and you know the power that it has, do it. I'm actually hoping uh, Dan and Caroline and their family join us in Guatemala. Not even kidding. Ooh. Come on, Dan. <laughs> Let's do it. You can ve- Your wife can vegan CrossFit while we're down there. It'll be good. It's good. <laughs> uh, my mom posted, uh, uh, try to dig a hole in western South Dakota. Um, we tried to to dig up uh, some fence posts for um, uh, like a chain link fence. Mm. And we, we tried doing it with postal diggers, right? And we got an inch and a half down and then just started hitting granite. Oh. So then we went and got one of those augers, right? No. And uh, we, we kept like losing the auger because it would catch in the rock. We finally got him dug. Our neighbor went and tried to level up because we lived on a hill. Le- tried to level a part of his um, his yard, and he got one of those big excava- excavators, right? Jeez. And he had the like the diamonds um, cutting teeth on the end, like made for breaking rock. Mm-hmm. And I think he said he went through three or four sets of those. Oh, jeez! Trying to break, trying to level the yard. It was so bad. Yeah, I don't think I'm strong enough to dig a hole. <laughs> No, we I, we dig a hole hole here, and it's I mean, like you just keep going. It's just it's just dirt all yeah, the way it's down. Like sinking it's sand. beautiful. Uh, what were we talking about? Casas, <laughs> Casas, go we're, go to Casas. It's going to be great. Uh, you can talk to Kellen. You can email him at kellen.hackett at gathering two hundred eight dot com, or you can email at hello at gathering two hundred eight dot com, and we'll get it to Kellen. Um, and uh, so shameless plug. But that trip is going to be awesome. Um, and it doesn't matter where you live in the country. Yes. To clarify, you don't have to live in Boise or South Dakota, wherever you live. That's right. Um, okay, my plug's in. There you go. <laughs> See, that's why you sat on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to plug the Galatian study because it doesn't matter where you live for that. 9 a.m. Saturday morning, Mountain Time. The link's on the uh, Facebook page. <laughs> Yeah, join us for Bible study. Galatians chapter three. It'll be good. Uh, so, anyways, we're talking about we're talking about living life of ministry yeah. while working in in, a, in the marketplace and uh, uh, being surrounded people that um, are everything from like apathetic towards Christianity to outright antagonistic, right? Um, and and just trying to, to work through that. And so, one of what a lot of what I've heard is that um, it all. It, it, what it comes back to is, um, what is, why is everyone dying? <laughs> Everyone's dying laughing. I don't know what I happened. I'm trying right. not to, man. What a, what a, what a, what a, what a, Yeah, yeah, I know. I've got a, like a weird speech thing. No, but what it comes down <laughs> to is. we're horrible humans over here. 
what it comes down to is, is relationship, right? Building, building relationships with people. Erica's uh, got me going, man. I'm my sorry. wife and Ke- if you're wondering why I keep staring, my wife and Kellen are laughing at each other because I have oh. an inability to articulate anything. <laughs> Ever. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah. I didn't notice. I know, so. because you're nice, and I like you. No, it's because I barely got through high school, that's why. <laughs> Gosh, now I'm going to start. Um, no, but you, you, were, you were saying something interesting. You are saying, you asked earlier about the co-vocational, mm-hmm. um, and after I had you know surrendered my license and kind of went a different way, I started working at Maverick, which is a gas station. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys have them in South Dakota. No. no. Um, but it's kind of like a Casey's. It was it was interesting because I was out of this like you know I was working every Sunday morning um, and working all the time at this church and now I my morning shift Sundays was at Maverick and every time like people would come in like there's people coming in they're buying alcohol like nine in the morning I'm like go to church like it's Sunday why are you here go to church um, but the the relationships that were able to be formed uh, through that was really cool because um, I mean not saying the gas station people are not religious because you can be religious in any any field but it was cool to have the connection with the people who are like you know I've never gone to church you mm-hmm. just came from that like mm-hmm. what is it like and then also just knowing that my personality is like I, I will talk to you for any about anything yeah. forever um, that they just knew like hey I'm, let's talk you know I mean you can you can talk, talk for hours when you're stocking freezers and stuff like that. So it was, it was interesting to kind of step out of that world and then step into the world and still be in your ministry. And that's one way that I always knew, like, I'm doing ministry no matter what it looks like. Mm. So, but but you asked us earlier how we would feel about being co-vocational that Oh, I think we were just talking about um, just our thoughts on it. What that what that's looked like oh. um, since that's a reality right now. Well, and I, you know, was it a little over a year ago now when I did my uh, my ordination interview, and they had asked a question, you know, something along the lines of like, how many friends do you have that are not? <laughs> how many friends are, do you have? <laughs> how many friends do you have that are not Christian? You know, or that are not, or would call mm-hmm. themselves non-Christian. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, it was maybe on two hands that I could count, you know, I was like maybe eight, seven or eight people and, um, you know, being co-vocational, like, you know, working at Ocean Network, we actually talked about it, uh, one day we were like, okay, there's this person, this person, this person. We could count on one hand. On one hand, how many people we knew were professing Christians, you know? Um, so it's like the complete opposite and that's what, 150 or so people that work there. So um, not yeah, saying that I mean, there weren't more. That's just how many we knew. That's right? how many we knew. So. But yeah, so it, it 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 definitely provides different conversations. I mean, part of it was previously being on staff at a church for you know three and a half years or so, give or take. Um, you know, that's because I was so involved in the church. I didn't know anybody really outside of the church. You know. Um, so, yeah, I, th- I think that's where being co-vocational just helps you build relationships with people 
that aren't necessarily Christian, you know, and that's mm-hmm. not a, that's not a bad thing to mm-hmm. to do that, you know. Well, I think a lot Jesus, of Christians, a lot of Christians, are afraid to make friendships with people outside of I know outside growing, of faith. And that know? was kind of a, uh, an environment I, I I I had grown up in. I think it was really common in the '90s. Was just this idea of of you've almost got to. Um, being a good Christian to a certain degree means isolating yourself, yeah. Yeah. right? And um, trying to, and and it's the best like not going to parties. And yeah, going yeah, to and, and, yeah, and like because we, you know, I was I'm an idiot teenager just like every other teenager out there, and you <laughs> so it's, sometimes it's like you just got to not be around those things. Yeah, um, and but there's such a balance there, right? And uh, I think back with. Um, our DS, Wes Smith, will tell us uh, when we when we get all the pastors in our district together, he'll tell us to, to be interesting. Um, and what that means is don't just lock yourself away at the church, you know, and everything's ministry and everything's yeah. study and everything is is leading your leaders and and, um, you know, working on curriculum and, and, and preaching. And because um, you can you can spend all your time and never interact with people who are outside the church or never do anything in your life that's not church related. I did that for a long time. I mean, I, you just fall, it's so easy to fall into because there's so much to do. Um, and, and so he'd he tell us, be interesting. One well, not not only there's so much to do, but you only have a week to do it. Yeah. Too, so <laughs> Sunday comes awfully quick. It does, yeah. But just this idea of like, one, you need to have a hobby just so you, for your own emotional and physical health. Right, so you're not you're not going crazy, you know, whether that's fishing or yeah, I was or just gonna say that's that's or, why I really like fishing because having music as a hobby and a job mm-hmm. it makes it you know work sometimes. Yeah, it does because then you almost feel guilty if you're working on music that's not that's not you know, worship, worship music, music yeah, for Sunday. Exactly, uh, it's like wow, I could be really you know knocking a couple things out at once here. Yep. Um, but then also we when we do things that are interesting and by interesting doing things that are, are outside of the world of church, um, it gives us an opportunity to meet people. Right. I mean, there's people you meet, you know, when you go out biking or even fishing or people you can, you can go fishing with. And like we were going to, um, Ironwood. Yeah. uh, To do, just to to do do trivia. trivia Yeah. 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 You meet all kinds of people when you go to Well, I think some of the most interesting conversations we had when we when we first started doing that were people were like, wait, you're a church that's going to a bar to do, <laughs> to do trivia night? Like, what do you mean? You know, they had never... What is people like trivia? Never yeah. even had heard of that, you know, but uh, we had a, well, plus, a well-rounded team that dominated. Plus the burgers at, at Ironwood are... And those chicken so, skewer things? Oh, the Parmesan garlic chicken yes. skewers. If you have not been to Ironwood, and I know you can't go right now, but when they open, open up again, are they open? You, for to get go, to the go. Parmesan chicken garlic chicken skewers to go. It is you can get it to go. So good. That's our. That's the other. We've been talking plug. about food for so long, dude. <laughs> so much can, tonight. We can talk about food all the time. <laughs> um, I was going to say we were talk, before this went on, we were talking about Chipotle. Yeah. And, and Krispy Kreme. And Krispy yeah, Kreme. that's waiting for me the to pick up. The key lime Krispy Kreme is soon so as, good. As soon as this is over, I'm going there. Um, nice. You, you were saying, yeah. well, wasn't Jesus co-vocational? Was that the whole, like his whole thing? I mean, Paul made tents. Yeah, Paul made tents. And Jesus uh, had a carpentry background. Yeah. and But he was just with the people. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like, hey, come to my Sunday service. It was, I'm with the people. And that's kind of how I feel being, you know, co-vocational, like it really 
really makes the people the church and not the building. I, I really like that because you can do ministry wherever you are. And that's mm. just kind of my, my stance. I'm not perfect at mm. all, but... Well, and that's such a powerful mindset. It's core to who we at Gathering Two Way want to be. And I think that's some of the conversation we had initially is this, yeah. this idea of um, the church isn't this building or place that people get together. And, and I know that's something uh, that we've been talking a lot about in the church. But also it's this idea that wherever we can gather some people together, there's church happening. Yeah. There, there can be discipleship happening. There can be life transformation happening. Um, and, and that's one of the things that we're being so intentional about, um, discipleship, whether that is a, a group of three to five, or if that's one-on-one, um, being core to, core to who we are. Yeah. Uh, because if we were bringing that all the way up back around to the beginning of the conversation, true worship stems out of good discipleship. Right. Exactly. And if you don't have good discipleship happening, if you don't have life transformation happening, then worship is, is going to be empty. Right. Um, and so while worship is an important thing, it's, it's almost a secondary thing to discipleship because it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a symptom of discipleship. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Man. So we got, we got a couple of minutes here. So why don't you tell us Lonnie about where you see the future going. I mean, if that, that for you personally, for worship, for like, what does the future look like for the, for worship at the church and for Lonnie Nelson? You know, that's, that's the exciting part because I have no idea. It can literally go whatever, whatever way we decide. Um, and then just kind of tying it into the beginning, whatever we do, I want to make sure that authenticity is at the core, hmm. the core of it. Um, because I mean, you know, being a new church, we're not going to be perfect right away or ever, actually. Um, <laughs> I was like, whoa, hold on, man. Let's Give us up. a year to be perfect. <laughs> as long as Josh and I are on staff, we're it's not, not going to be perfect. Um, no, but like, so like, just, just, just how, how can we build, build that atmosphere of trust, communication, um, in order to let the presence of God in? Um, because like kind of how, what I was saying earlier, like, you know when someone's just spent some time with Jesus. Mm-hmm. How do we create that atmosphere where people don't even know? Like so maybe someone new to the church is here and like, this just feels different. Yeah, the music was great. The pastor, I don't remember what the pastor said. No one um, ever they does. They gave me a weird cracker. But something <laughs> feels different here. That's you communion, know? I'm hoping. Yeah, yeah, we're communion. Just yeah, communion. Out, we're just handing out oyster crackers yeah. as people come in. Um, no, but I, I want it to be that, that atmosphere where it's like mm. people can connect with God and they might not even know what that it's God, mm. but, but something is, but something's happening. And so, um, I'm excited for wherever we end up going and how, you know, there's going to be a lot of conversations in the future of, about what it's going to look like. But honestly, I'm just excited to have those conversations and, and kind of get this, get this rolling. Um, mm-hmm. right now with everything kind of being online, worship has been not at the forefront of what we're doing, but um, some online stuff is coming out, which is cool. Cause if this whole, this whole COVID-19 thing never happened, there's things that we wouldn't have learned and that we wouldn't have in our arsenal of things that we can use in our, in the future church. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's really cool. Just kind of sit back, see what's happening and just, um, just dream of the future. Mm-hmm. 
So I, I don't know what it's going to look like, but I am pretty stinking excited to find out. Uh, I am too. And I'm, we're excited to have you on the team. Um, it's one of those those serendipitous things. And we didn't get much into even that story of how you got connected with us because it's not like you just randomly showed up at our backyard. Yeah. Um, you know, there's this whole thing of, you know, I can't even remember all this. His you, sister-in-law yeah. and his, his brother yeah. work with my wife. That's right. Yeah. His sister-in-law and my wife were having a conversation one day and they're like, I think Lonnie and Kellen would be friends. Yeah. And then, and then they gave you my number Yeah, and you're like, let's go to coffee. And I'm like, okay, I'm here. And you're like, I'm in the hat and I have a beard. I'm like, <laughs> walking in the coffee shop and I'm like, this is awesome. That's the best. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the future of, of, of what our life. Uh, and yeah, and then it's kind of been kind of been a fun ride ever since. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, um, it's been an absolute blast having you part of the team and having you um, now in uh, coming to staff meetings and yeah. being uh, a core part of the leadership at Gathering 208. Looking forward to what the future is going to look like with that. We also have... Uh, uh, some online worship stuff coming up. Um, actually, we're doing communion this week, this Sunday, right? Uh, yes. At the cool. team gathering. So yep. uh, we're going to do some acoustic worship on Sunday at 3 p.m. Uh, with the team gathering. And uh, you can jump on the Zoom call for that. And Lonnie's going to be leading that. We're going to do communion together. Yep. And so for those who will be on there, don't forget, get your um, communion elements together for that. Uh, Bible study also once again plug Galatians chapter 3 9 a.m. on Saturday um, but man it's been awesome yeah been awesome conversation been, been good to have you uh, good to be uh, good to have you in, in uh, part of the crew but um, if you have well if you have any questions I'm not going to see him for probably 40 to 5 seconds to a minute so <laughs> we'll probably be off by then uh, but uh, for those of you who were part of the conversation thanks for being here um, and man, we're looking forward to, uh, looking forward to having Lonnie up on a stage and leading people in worship, uh, soon, but in the meantime, uh, we'll do it virtually. Uh, and so you can join us there. What is, I don't, my wife is doing weird hand signs, but it's behind <laughs> her computer. I can't even see them. Uh, so anyways, whatever we are, uh, we're excited, uh, to have a part of the crew and, uh, Hey, I hope all of you have a great week and join us next week for the podcast. Uh, but we'll see you then. See you everybody.